Hello and welcome to the Cruel Summer Podcast. I'm James. And I'm Marco Sparks. What up? What's going on? This week on the pod, we're talking about season one, episode five, as the Carney Gods intended. Written by the showrunner, Tia Napolitano, directed by Daniel Willis. Uh, air date, May 11th, 2021. Yes. We are steaming ahead, trying to catch up before the finale so that we can all discuss together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, good episode coming up here. Good uh, episode. Um, this episode, interesting as like the kind of one of the middle episodes of the show is not a Jeanette or a Kate episode, but it's both of them together mm-hmm. um, with literal split screens at times. So uh, instead of, you know, like uh, Kiara really wasn't even in the last episode, they're both in this one where you kind of get both sides of their perspective on things. Mm-hmm. On uh, mix up there. And just in general, like in this episode, like a not too subtle undercurrent of like media fascination and sensationalism, which I found fascinating um, with kind of this like Barry Day story of what each girl covets. This is a fun episode. <laughs> um, and also uh, this episode specifically starts with the trigger warning about grooming. So there you go. I believe uh, that they literally say the word grooming in this episode. Yeah, they so. do. They mm-hmm. do. Uh, events unfold approximately on July 29th, 93, 94, 95. And we start with like two weeks after the last episode. I mean, they're really just burning their way through summer. Mm -hmm. Um, We start with two princes by spin doctors. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. Two princes, which I just want to say real quick side note, uh, our plan for whenever headcanon returns is to do an actual episode on. So I married an ax murderer. One of them. Yeah. Which is what I think about when I think about Two Princes by Spin Doctors. <laughs> what I think about, there was a great back in the day. I, and the Onion is still good, but it was like really good back in the day. There's like an Onion article. I think this is around the time of uh, the uh, 2000 presidential election where it's like Al Gore denies owning, owning a uh, Spin Doctors album or something like that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm just stuck on, uh, they took turns pissing the bitches ocular cavities. <laughs> yeah, whenever we come back to headcanon, I think we're going to have like a, a 90s run. We got yeah. some, some 90s movies we want to cover. Yeah, bring back some okay. friends of the pods who are, who are 90s people like us. Or they're not 90s people like us, but they love <laughs> the 90s like we do. <laughs> appropriate for this 90s show here. Yeah, it's like we were talking about that before we took a hiatus, and I think Crow Summer really, really reignited the love of the '90s. I mean, if I had one wish for this show, is that like it had an extra like million dollars per episode in the budget just for mm-hmm. the music, because yeah. I don't mind some of the covers. It's like clearly it's like cheap or whatever, but you kind of wish sometimes that you just had the original. Uh, sometimes I think the covers, in certain cases, make more sense. Some, sometimes, yeah, yeah. Like the, the uh, like, Green Day cover uh, she it's great. last week. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And, or just there's something perversely delightful about having one of the stars of the show cover Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> but uh, sometimes you just wonder, I mean, I, this is all, you know, music rights is a, a murky minefield, but it's yeah, like yeah. if you're making something and you're like, hey, I have to use like the cover of this song. Like, could you just go to the artist and be like, hey, I'm going to use the cover any chance I can just get the original? Like, wouldn't you want the original in this yeah. instead of the cover? You want to give yeah. me a discount? But yeah. I still think about, uh, what's his name? The problematic guy who created Mad Men. And it was like, uh, what, Weiner. with the 15 seconds of the Beatles and one song cost him, it was like entirely came out of his own pocket because AMC wasn't going to, wasn't going to pony I mean, that up. That was like one of the great all time needle drops on a TV show. So I'd say it was worth it. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, so Two Princes, what a great song choice. It's like, fuck, you had me with Fade Into You. (laughs) You just knew what a silly bitch I am and you got me with Two Princes. But we see Jeanette and Kate in split screen, like doing their morning routine, getting in front of the bathroom mirror. This is a great sequence. We even see them flossing or in Jeanette's case, pulling the little rubber bands off the braces. What's that like? Um, It sucks. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I had braces for a while, and then stupidly, I didn't wear my retainer enough, so a lot of that work was undone. But yeah, mm. braces suck. The faces Jeanette makes here are just adorable and hilarious at times. Like the way she's like scrunches Aurelia up her is face, so good at just being extremely dorky and awkward. Yeah, she. I, I mean, honestly, you could probably pitch me a bullshit story about how they filmed this like Richard Linklater boyhood style (laughs) over three years. And I, I might believe you with Tiara Mm -hmm. Aurelia. It's not as much of Olivia Holt. I mean like the, the 93 stuff is, is good, but like the 94, 95 kind of feels, I feel like with Olivia Holt, they get a lot of mileage out of uh, just the hairstyle and um, just like really the, um, like the color filters on the shots. Yeah, I mean, I think her sequences, I occasionally will take an extra second to differentiate 94 mm-hmm. and 95. Yeah. Because 94 is like normal. 93 is a little more glowing, a little more colorful. Things pop a little bit more than 95. is a bleak Instagram filter nightmare. But yeah, this sequence is so fucking clever. Um, it reminds me of a lot of stuff they did specifically in the first two episodes. Uh, but then we, we cut to 94. The song was I Walk Alone by Mecha Normal which I don't think either of these kids are listening to, but uh, I love the, the toothpaste of uh, um, Jeanette's cool here. Jeanette. It's yeah. Cool. Jeanette. It's like, yeah, I don't know if you remember this toothpaste that like, it tasted like bubble gum. It's yeah. like all sparkly and cool. Yeah. 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 Like little flavor crystals or whatever, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is not what you really need in your fucking toothpaste, <laughs> but you don't know that as a teenager. Yeah. Cool. Jeanette tosses her rubber bands. So she doesn't need them anymore. Yeah. She doesn't um, need the, the little braces, rubber band things anymore. And she's smiling and happy. Yeah, Jeanette, it's either she's she's happy with what she sees in the mirror or she's just happy about like her outlook on life. Kate seems a little more disillusioned. I mean, they're definitely doing the like the no makeup makeup thing for Kate here. She's her skin's yeah. kind of blotchy and uh she's just staring into oblivion in her mirror right now. Yeah. Then at one point, Jeanette leaves a frame. We're looking at her shower curtain. And this is what I was talking about last week. The frame just like takes on this filter and mm-hmm. darkens like venom and then we're 95 and the shower curtain's flung over the side and there's dark Jeanette getting out of the shower to uh weak by skunk Anansi, which uh, we do find out that as, as this comes off the soundtrack and becomes diegetic that that Jeanette actually is listening to this song mm-hmm. yeah she's got short hair her dad's knocking complaining or no it's Derek uh, who's complaining about the hot water and she's just like sue me yeah yeah opens the mirror cabinet gets out that toothpaste um this episode really like hits home I, i'm shocked considering all of the shit we gave caleb and miranda how we didn't make fun of the fact that jamie and uh and dark Jeanette had the same haircut <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah she gets uh, uh her toothpaste out we cut over to like kate doing the same thing in her bathroom glances at herself for a moment her makeup mirror and then oh fucking shit there's like that martin hair specter suddenly behind her saying liar and they are doing something weird with his voice in these appearances. He's not yeah. it's not his normal voice. It's like Daymare, mm-hmm. uh Martin and Harris. But there's there's like this like riff stab that indicates this is like a waking Martin Harris nightmare moment. And like, it <laughs> clearly, you know, freaks out Kate and that's how we go to credits there. Yeah. Um also I don't think we mentioned this before. You can tell that Kate's become grungier and quote unquote alternative in ninety five because she wears chucks now. 
And flannel. Lots of flannel. Yeah. Lots of flannel. Yeah. Uh, 94 after the credits um, or after the title card. Kate's in a room like drawing, like listening to tapes of Sylvia, the therapist. Who's I think asking, this is 95, like, isn't it? I'm sorry. This is 95. Yeah. 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 This is her, like in her, she's still in her jag of like listening to the tapes. And she's being asked by Sylvia, uh, do you have memories of Martin Harris before the kidnapping? We hear Kate talk about like uh, uh, sometimes she lied about about that to the cops who thought would make her look bad. And and thank God, like I like that Sylvia's she's a little bit of a device, but she's also a device just to like hit home the message that hey, you were a minor, you're not responsible. There's nothing mm-hmm. you could do to look bad. It's like this is an important message for the audience to hear. I think it's just so fascinating that this is airing on the same network as Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, yeah. Which I think as we learned, like almost all the executives are gone. So it's like, it really is a whole new thing. Um, yeah. So Kate uh, talks about how they. Okay, real quick. Kate is um, drawing Annabelle and uh, like cursive writing on her notepad, like over and over and like charcoal. Like, uh, what does it mean? What does it mean? It was a little, little beak of bird flying. Yeah. Yeah. Annabelle. Uh, Kate says they talked once at the country fair, county fair, and it sticks out because it was exceedingly normal. Mm-hmm. So 95, we're in the Turner dining room where Jeanette and Greg are meeting with Denise, Jeanette's lawyer, as Nicole Builder back again. So a whole slew of depositions coming up, and Jeanette's like a sarcasm comeback machine. Well, uh, Greg's just like, uh, yeah, we're paying a lot for her time. So <laughs> Jeanette, if you want to uh, you know, cut the sarcasm here, that'd be nice. Yeah. Denise says that Jeanette needs people needs people to remind the world on the record that she's a human being of a heart and soul. And like Vince was great. What about Mallory? And Jeanette <laughs> says, non-starter, which is maybe the nicest thing you can say about Mallory. <laughs> a non-starter, yeah. That'd be in her, under her picture in a yearbook. Yeah. Um, Denise needs more. She's the gun. She needs Jeanette to feed her some bullets. Um, and then 93, we're in like dorky Jeanette's room where she's getting ready for, for a first date. Maybe her first date ever. Um, Mallory and Vince are over. She's putting I'm her hair. I'm pretty sure this is her first date. That's what it seems like. Yeah. 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 This is a, another thing from the list, and mm-hmm. that Mallory and Vince already knocked this one out by going on a double date, which Jeanette is like a little salty about because it's like, well, you at least had each other. I have to do this by myself, and yeah. the guy is a complete fucking loser. Uh, Mallory, the exposition machine, tells us that Skyland High is taking over the county fair, where they literally only taken high school students and their chaperones, mm-hmm. which. Uh, from a TV production standpoint is convenient as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but also very convenient that like, I wonder why no one noticed Kate talking to Martin Harris later. Well, that's because blah, blah, blah. But yeah, she's going to go with on the state with Gideon who doesn't go there, who is such a blah character. He's also dating one of the actors on the show. Um, the, the actor is, um, but this Harley is a list Quinn. item. Huh? Harley Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a funny little aside here where Vince points out that Mallory and her date were busy going to second base while Vince and his date were just watching the movie. And Jeanette's like, is second base mouth stuff? And he's like, no, it's hand stuff. And she's like, well, what's third base? And he's like, third base is doing it. And Mallory like shuts it down because she went to zero bases with that pimply weirdo. But uh, what do you make of her, um, her kind of annoyance at the very idea that she was fooling around her date? Is that just normal or is there something that we can read into that like people are going to read into something but it's yeah. also it could very well be like please don't talk about my sexuality in front of me yeah, yeah. um, um I, yeah but, but might not just say lol the hand stuff discussion um uh, also yeah, mallory is like, correct 
Mallory's like, this guy's a noob. You have social upper hand, you know, like trying to hype her up. But you can tell Jeanette like doesn't really want to do this. And they're like, no. you can't chicken out, you know. And so it's, it's just more Mallory kind of running Jeanette's life. Uh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't know what Vince thinks home runs are then if uh, third base is doing it. <laughs> um, Not to mention like, a grand slam. Oof. Oh, I mean, Jesus, stay hydrated, kids. That's, that's a lot and of... Uh, Mallory food. wants to ride the graviton before it gets too pukey. She's just <laughs> awful. She's constantly awful. And you just yeah. the, the look on Jeanette's face, she's like, God, this is my life. I, I ha- Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Are we worse on Mallory now than we were on Toby in season one of PLL? Uh, that's, that's hard to say, really. I would argue, but, though, that uh, Mia Copa, Mallory deserves it more than Toblerone did. Uh, you know, every podcast needs a villain. <laughs> and maybe that's us. You, you, you live long enough to either die <laughs> here or be a podcast villain. I don't um, know. I think I, I watch TV shows like I watch sports or like every year on the Niners. I just pick out one player and I'm like, fuck this guy in particular. I'm going to blame everything that goes wrong on him, even if it's not his fault. And I think I watch TV shows the same way. Okay. Okay. I'm glad that it's sports, not like reality TV, where it's just like one of these characters is like, I'm not here to make friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we see the country, the county fair. We see the country fair, county fair of rides. One is like this back and forth thing of like a sphinx head on it. The place is called Trader's Village. I don't do this kind of thing. So when you say you don't do it, does that mean you uh, have like a phobia of rides or? Uh, you know, I might if I if I did them, but I mm-hmm. I. Uh, I've done them very rarely. I just never enjoyed it. Remember that one in Seattle? Um, yeah, yeah. That the by the Space Needle. Mm. Like I mean, it took I, us like six stories up and then like flipped us upside down for yeah. a moment. Yeah, I like I remember, roller coaster, so I'm I'm all into this. I just remember foolishly I had some change in my mm-hmm. shirt pocket and yeah, I watched it all fall back to the <laughs> earth, which wasn't like it wasn't like a, oh no I'm afraid of heights moment. It was just like I kept thinking like. Oh shit! I hope that doesn't like kill somebody. <laughs> um, there's some goddamn country music playing the soundtrack here. Uh, I keep forgetting the show set in Texas. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, so '94, Kate and Jamie pull up to the to the fair, and he apologizes for what? For picking her up late this time, and she seems lost. And he's like, she brings up like him punching Jeanette in the face again. And he's just like, uh, I like that Kate returns that? to that. Yeah, he wants to just move on from that. And I, of course, I he does. Even though Kate hates Jeanette, she's still kind of creeped out by that. You know, it's just like, dude, you just flat out decked a girl. Like, that's not cool. Yeah. 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 That's not somebody that I want to like throw my, mm-hmm. my shit in with. Um, yeah. Kate's just like, hey, did you know that the opposite of love is indifference, not hate? And he, she's like, do you really want to be with me? And, and or does it just feel, do you feel bad for like having moved on from like a kidnapped girl? And he's like, Jeanette Turner's a psycho. I don't associate with psychos. And she's like, oh, okay. Then why were you kissing her in the park, motherfucker? Boom. Dropped. Yeah. 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 And he's like, he, he lies. He doesn't kiss her. He's like, look, I don't know what you've heard. And she's like, I didn't hear it. I saw it. I followed you. That's right. I followed your ass. And he's like, oh, this is just made up stories in your head. Oh, well, well, he says, oh, so you've been sitting on that for weeks? Yeah. And she's like, I was trying to work out the courage to ask you about it. And she did give you a couple chances, dude. He had chances to come clean. And then he, then asshole, he's like, oh, is this the therapy talking? Yeah. Oof. Well, she's like, you, you said therapy was good for me. And he's like, well, you know, I thought it was until it started making up stories in your head. It's like rewatching this for the podcast. It's like you can just see him grasping for his angles yeah. each time to deflect. Um, yeah. Each time she kind of drops a new bomb on him, he's like, like shifting to like, 
okay, well, yes, I met her, but didn't, you know, I didn't kiss her. Yeah, yeah. Also, denim shirt in summer in Texas, really? Sure. Yeah, I don't know. That Yikes. was the style. Uh, so 94, uh, Jeanette and Derek, dick time, are going to the fair together. Um, she's wondering if Jamie will be there since he can't resist the dunk tank. Jamie's a human dunk tank. <laughs> uh, Derek points out that he's uh, he, he's not cool if a dude who punches his sister in the face. Thank you, dick time. Um, Jeanette points out that she's really here to see Kate since so she can't just call her or swing by her house. And Derek's like along for the ride, even though Derek is rightfully so a little uncomfortable with this plan. Um, yeah he's just kind of like i don't know if it's really a good idea for you to be like running after kate wallace here mm-hmm. uh 93 jamie and kate uh are walking to the fair of ben their plan their grand scheme of things is rides then fuel corn dogs <laughs> domination and then dunk tank well and they're, and they're doing it all like 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 in sync you know like rides fuel corn dogs dunk tank yeah I mean, in the words of Angel, you actually sleep with this guy? Yeah. But yeah, this is, according to them, according to Ben, the natural order of things, and as Jamie says, as the carny gods intended. And they do this weird little, like, point to the to the heavens or something. I don't yeah, know. yeah. When I, I, I feel like this is another example of Kate being like, I'm holding my boyfriend's hand. We're out on a, you know, a little date together. But he's kind of lame and immature, and so yeah. I, you know, that's more of an opening for Martin Harris there to be the the one who's mature and sees her in a way that he doesn't. Well, and the saddest thing is that Ben, for a variety of reasons, seems just slightly cooler than Jamie in this moment. He's like taller, he's a, maybe that's definitely it. taller. But yeah. he's like definitely like more. He's not as into it as Jamie is. Like Jamie's, Jamie's wearing like. Um, I, are these cutoffs or like jeans that are like cut off at like the calf? You know, <laughs> that old it's, look. It's There's, some kind of Jason Priestley cast off fashion. Yeah. Um, Kate sees her mom and Scott Jones talking and kind of being cutesy about some banner somewhere. And so she tries to get Jamie to look over and see. And Jamie's just like, what, babe? Where? Huh? Huh? And like Ben's like looking over too. By the time they look over, like Rod Wallace is like, join, join Scott. So like, there's no point. So she wanted to get a second opinion, but like these fucking dildos aren't going to be any help to her. So Jamie seems completely uninterested in in talking to Kate about her mom at all. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. But also, I'm not defending Jamie, but but this is the first time we've seen Kate even try to broach the subject to yeah. him in any fashion. So he may be completely oblivious or more oblivious than normal. Mm-hmm. But Kate's like, fuck this, I'm gonna get some funnel cake, which Ben is like, oof, before the Gravitron. Were you, did you ever ride the Graviton? Are you a Gravitron guy or is that a no for you? What is the Gravitron? It's so that's a my thing that um it spins you it's like it kind of looks like a little UFO. You go inside it and everyone like kind of leans up against the wall and it spins around and like you're kind of just leaning on these like pads against the wall that then like slide up to the top just from the uh-huh. uh the you know centripetal force mm. um and apparently a lot of people throw off on it um i have a, a stomach made of iron so that kind of thing doesn't affect me i remember years ago you and i and our friend steve went to scandia oh yeah which i'm amazed that we didn't get like hepatitis just from being there <laughs> but there was some kind of two-seater thing that went up in the air yeah Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, having my feelings a little hurt that both of you guys were like, oh, yeah, we're going to go up together like we're a couple or something. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm just sitting here with this carny. Oh, and I knew you. you wouldn't go up. So, uh, I mean, I, I would like to have been asked at least. But okay. anyway, so then by the time it came back down, it was like, what am I going to get on this fucking death trap by myself? But no, <laughs> I saw you two go up there and I was looking around the place and I was just like, 
was like, hey, guy, uh, how often are these machines serviced? And he's like, how often are they what? And I was like, uh, I'm better on the ground. I'm better on terra firmer. This is okay. Anyway, Jamie knows he's a bad boyfriend, but um, he goes off with Ben. Uh, so 1995, Kate's in her room chatting online with Bernicke 4. Um, she's wondering who sent the liar letter. Uh, Ashley, you know, Bernicke 4 in Latin asks who benefits. And Kate's first suspect, of course, is Jeanette. Um, and then Mallory, like goth Eddie Haskell, lets herself in Kate's window. Like fucking Billy Loomis coming in through the window here. Yeah, very yeah. suspicious. Very suspicious of Mallory. And she looks like a ghost already. Mm-hmm. So she heard a rumor that Jeanette's going to go sit in the dunk tank at the fair to pay for her legal fees, which Kate loves. And Mallory's just like, oh, deliciously pathetic. Um, and then the one watch clerks again. No. <sighs> I want Kate to be like, shut the fuck up about Clerks already. No one wants to watch Clerks this much. Do you think they could still pull off a Jalen Silent Bob cameo on this show? Like those guys, they all kind of looked like they're old anyway. Just put them I, in the same outfit again. I would not be shocked if this show gets to season two, which I'm sure it will. That that doesn't happen in some mm-hmm. fashion. I would. I I don't know why the fuck. Uh, um, Jane Silent Bob are in Texas. I mean, if they can show up in fucking Screen Three, I think they can show up in Cruel Summer. Wait, where does where does what's where's the Clerks verse like take place? The, uh, the Skewverse, New, New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because because of Jersey Girl, this mm-hmm. is what I want. Is I want I want uh, the Flash Forward. They're all like adults, and uh, Mallory's like, "Who wants to watch Jersey Girl again?" And they're like, "No one, no one." What kind of uh, sage advice could Silent Bob impart to like? Uh, like Jeanette or Kate. Oh, like the one time he talks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. I'm uh I'm actually in this case, I'm a slightly more interested in what Jay's gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> What's the fucking like song he sings in the first Berserker? Berserker yeah. <laughs> Snickety snick. All right, enough clerks discussion. <laughs> 37 dicks. Anyway, um <laughs> in a row. <laughs> uh Kate, there's a that ending of that movie is fucking ridiculous with the uh um, oh, like the alternate ending. Oh, there's like the necrophilia. Oh, okay. The real ending. Well, the alternate ending, you know, the, the original ending where it's like, no, what's just the, original sh- ending? Uh, the guy, uh, I can't remember their names, but he gets shot. The, the guy who's a, the convenience store guy, he, like a guy oh. comes in and robs him and shoots him and kills him. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, they don't end your movie that way. Shit. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, Dante, um, I think that was his name. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the other one's Randall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole fucking thing about the uh, independent contractors and the Death Star. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Kate Janis, they go to the fair. Mallory quotes Kate directly in that the, it's a cesspool of meteorocrity. Um, you know what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to do the Andrew Shue voice from We Hate Movies. Yeah, that's not, yeah, right. That's not right. That's not right. Um, Mallory doesn't think that Jeanette would actually go there, but Kate needs to know if Jeanette sent a letter to confront her. And I think Mallory doesn't really like the idea of Kate talking to Jeanette. No, because... First of all, Mallory didn't hear a rumor that Jeanette's like sitting in the dunk tank to pay her legal fees. <laughs> no, also, she made like, that up. Like, there's like a like a real fucking horrific crime that happened to to Kate, obviously. But in general, when you've had your usual like schoolyard drama bullshit with your friends, like hanging out with other people and just like constantly talking shit behind their backs and like 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 just meditating on this stuff and like stirring yourselves up about it, mm-hmm. it's not the healthy thing. Move the fuck on. Yeah. Um, 93 Jeanette Mallory and Vince like leave her room or Greg's talking to Gideon on the couch and I just had an unintentional laugh about how about them boys I just love this Cowboys Emmett Smith Troy Aikman football, football. Vincent Gideon, football, Gideon. <laughs> football yeah. Gideon yeah 
the utter disdain of which he has to say uh, that. <laughs> How about football, them boys? my man? Come on. Uh, never mind. You're not going to, you, you won't last. I, yeah, I don't have to deal with you. But I feel like he's just like, hey, Jamie, you like football? I do. Yeah, whatever, man. Just go. Go penetrate my daughter. I don't give a shit. <laughs> At least you know who fucking Emmett Smith is. Yeah. yeah. This is right so, in the middle of their championship run. Oh, okay. Uh, Cindy shows up. She seems to like Gideon. You know, um, he's she's like, oh, how's your grandma? And he's like, oh, she's happy I made a friend this summer. And even Mallory like shudders how pathetic this kid is. I mean, as good as uh, Kiara Aurelia is at playing the uh, the nerdy, you know, high school girl, this guy is like off the charts dork. Like just the dork meter is breaking. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. he really captures the vibe of uh, just those painful years. Yeah. So that said, the less of him on screen, the better. <laughs> so Cindy tells them to say hi to the Stevenson and Wallace kids when they get there, which I thought was interesting. Especially the Stevenson kids. Who are the Stevenson? Oh, that's right. Uh, Tucker. Tucker, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like how Tucker comes up a lot and like he's almost like purposely in like visually in the last episode as little I mean, as possible. If, if we get a cruel summer season two, I think he could have some bigger roles for side characters like Tucker and Derek and that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I would love it. I would love it. Um yeah, so uh seems excited for her daughter as they all leave. Greg seems not excited, and she's like, She's blossoming, let her blossom. <laughs> it's like, honey, but he's a loser. Yeah. You know who Emmett Smith was. Yeah. <laughs> I just want a shirt that says, how about them boys? I'm not sure it. if it'd be possible to be alive in Texas in 1993 and not know who like Troy Aikman was, but yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's a real feat on Gideon's part. <laughs> um, I would think that Cindy would think that Jeanette could do better or maybe she's just like, this is a necessary first step. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she's just like, Got to go on a first date sometime. You know, let's just yeah, yeah. just get this out of the way. You need like an uggo rando, like while you still got the braces on. <laughs> then when you have your she's all that moment, you, you you bounce it up to a Jamie. And from Greg's perspective, he's just like, well, it's a low ass bar. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Little things are wonderful here to me again of space and time. Like Greg walks away from Cindy in 93 towards the kitchen. We pick up of him coming into the kitchen in 95. Yes. Shocker, he's getting a beer. Yeah. Who knows what time of day it is uh, because everything's blue and bleach bypass. It's Jean- daytime. Jeanette it's, the sun here, is up. Yeah. 95 Jeanette. She just kind of haunts her own house. She yeah. kind of like looms in, in the background. Yeah. Um, the fascinating conversation between Greg and Jeanette here. It's, it's very blunt and like to the point. Are you still on my side? He's like, are you even on your own side? <laughs> That's my that's my ninety five Greg impression. <laughs> Are you even on your own side? She well, she's out like, the, this has been hard for me. And he's like, it's been a real picnic for me. It's been a real picnic. Like for they're me. not really talking like uh, father and daughter, no. kind of. You know, it's like it's like they're roommates practically. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They've been through the shit. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's uh to to Andrew's point, it's a good counterpoint to like the fucking dick time. Uh, like like Derek. You can call whole, him Derek. You know. I probably can. Uh, it's like Derek's whole affect with his like sister and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, though we really don't see, other than the confronting Jamie, we don't see a lot of Derek and uh, Greg. Yeah, we had not seen a ton of them together. I mean, I suppose it's just the the nature of the scenes that they've been writing. But yeah, this this whole kind of thing that Greg goes on here about how 
you know, he stuck by her, even though he like lost his family, lost his job. He's probably going to lose a house, you know, and she, she's like, so is that a yes? And he's like, if anyone asks, you were the perfect daughter. Your first word is data. You've never heard a fly. And she says, thank you. Thank and he you. says, that I know of. And takes yeah. a sip of his beer, which is just like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. It's so interesting. It's, you know, after the last two episodes here, everything in both families is on the line with these legal challenges. Like mm-hmm. their whole worlds will be potentially torn asunder. Um, 94 at the fair, uh, Jeanette and Derek are like walking around. He's asking like, what kind of cat fight should he be expecting? And she's like, I don't want to hurt Kate. I've never wanted to hurt Kate. I'm just hoping to clear this all up. Like, I wonder if like the captain and Tania were just like twisting Kate's words, like always. And she says, well, you know, it, it's interesting that she says that, um, that, you know, I don't want to hurt Kate. You know, I never wanted to S- seemingly she's telling the truth here. I don't think she's lying about this. Um, yeah. And so it, it, it kind of contrasts with, you know, the, the, the popular theory about her, you know, that like she is actually lying. She did see her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's interesting too, like in like the, like a Seinfeld finale way, potentially if this is true, Jeanette's crime is inaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so she says, you know, you know, Kate's, <coughs> excuse me, Kate's version of events never happened. And Derek's like, fine, I might still need to pound Jamie's ass. I didn't mean that sounds sexual. Um, apparently Kate like needs Derek there as her witness. Yeah. So 93, uh, Gideon and Jeanette are getting on. Um, this is like a Ferris wheel type situation, I guess. Something pretty, pretty, pretty low stakes ride. It's it's fully kind of... in cage, like caged in. Yeah, you're not just like strapped in or anything. Mm-hmm. Well, Vince and Mallory watch, and Kate uses dope a lot in her vernacular, and he doesn't seemingly know what that means, or he's never heard it before. Um, Gideon's like nervous because Jeanette's like the coolest girl, and she's like, "Well, there's Kate Wallace, and she's actually the coolest girl." Um, well, like it really just gives a whole download and there's her boyfriend jamie and i'm friends. man on campus yeah i'm getting in she says something like um i'm getting in with the cool kids or something like that like yeah 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 maybe maybe uh a, <clears throat> a little obsessive delusional a little bit here but that's cool I'm getting that in happens. with her whole group is what she yeah. says yeah and gideon is impressed by this for some reason he says dope yeah yeah well, I mean, this kid doesn't have any friends. Come on, mm-hmm. let's be real. <laughs> I mean, right now she's being Saint Jeanette, but just like spending time with him. Uh, Jamie runs up and like does the dunk tank, like knocking someone in the water, and then they, you know, match cut. Like someone else is coming out of the water in '94. As reporters rush over to talk to Joy and Rod um, elsewhere, like someone else is like taking photographs of Kate, and like Jamie runs over and like spooks the guy away, like, "Hey, man, get the fuck away from her!" Like he's gonna punch a paparazzi in the face or something. <laughs> Uh, I like so the way when the, the reporter comes up to uh, Joy and Rod. At first, she tries to, like, get rid of her. But then it's, like, it's clear that she has to, like, provide an answer. So they both kind of, like, do this kind of pose, you know? Like, yeah. they both kind of, like, stop and, like, straighten their shoulders. And it's, like, okay, we're giving our official statement here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Jamie confesses that he did meet Jeanette at the park because he felt bad for her. But he swears that he uh, never kissed her. And Kate's, like... So the the lie is being modified a little bit now. Yeah. Yeah, he's, Kate's like, I saw it. And he's like, no, you're, you know, you know, like how your memory's been so shaky since the trauma. And Kate says, it's bad that you kissed Jeanette, Jamie, but making me doubt myself is so much worse. Fuck yeah. But I'm pretty sure that this line that he uses about her trauma is like directly what Jeanette tells her, that tells him 
uh, in episode one, I oh, think. Yeah. Is, is he's basically just repeating the line that Jeanette used about trauma to her to full-on gaslight her, and she sees it for what it is immediately and dumps his ass. Mm-hmm. Well, because in general, I think we saw the moment just a second earlier is Jamie's not bringing a lot of like uh, brain to this thing, but like based on her her conversations with him earlier, he thinks that he can just like manpower his way, like he can be the brawn, the protector, and that'll be good enough. Mm-hmm. And he can also just lie to her. But yeah, she, she dumps his ass and tells him he can kiss whoever he wants now. Um, so 95 Jeanette's uh, sitting in her kitchen just like meditating on the cover of the Inquisitor the main story is of course what happened to Nicole Brown Simpson uh, the sidebar story is Jeanette Turner geek turned chic turned psychopath question mark <laughs> yeah I think uh, just a photo of her kind of trying to block her face which are they allowed to print that I I, I don't know what the With rules a minor? are yeah I, I have no idea Good if that's question. just like a courtesy or if there's any real law you know well, especially not in Texas. Um, and then suddenly, like, someone just comes in and grabs it and throws it away. Find out this is Angela, and she's like, Garbage belongs in the garbage. And Jeanette's like, Did you see like the reporter vultures circling outside? So Angela suggests they get out of there. She knows a place. Um, and like, Angela's like, She's not scared of the vultures. She says, You need somebody on your side? You got to let somebody in. And she's like, And Jeanette says, You somebody? And Angela's like, You got a lot of other <laughs> <Yeah>. options. <laughs> I like to think that like Greg is just like passed out in his recliner at like four thirty <laughs> in the afternoon, With, he's like the, a beer in his crotch. Yeah, like he yeah he's the uh, the I'll be Mrs. Uh, Xander from Buffy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it's a key moment here. Ninety five Mallory and Kate at the fair, and um, I think it's Mallory says, "Holy shit, is that Jeanette?" And then um, we see the dunk tank. There's like somebody in kind of like a hoodie like setting up the dunk tape and um, Kate is like, show yourself, like show your face. Like, is this like, she's, it's a mistaken identity because it's actually Jamie, but like, is this a, a suggestion that maybe sometimes Kate sees something and it's not mistaken what identity. It, yeah. Like mistaken yeah, identity. Yeah. You thought you, you saw something, but it was really someone else. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think it's, it's there in the key art for the fucking show, man. Mm-hmm. Like the two girls are looking into mirrors that show the other girl's face. Like, there's a lot of just like, are you seeing what you think you're seeing? Are you projecting? Is somebody else projecting? Like, I, I, this is why I love the show. I, this is why I love PLL. It's why I love Hitchcock. I think I just love or I'm, I'm drawn to shows about identity issues because mm-hmm. it's at the core of everyone. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's definitely setting up or in our minds like, hey, it's entirely possible to confuse someone based on his acute key physical details. Well, and, and, and the suggestion too. It Mallory yeah. says, is that Jeanette? And then Kate is just like, show your face, you know, like, and just which assumes is, like it could be Jeanette. Which is why I feel like it's slightly more difficult to see somebody from behind. And like, you think it's Jeanette when it's actually Mallory. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on if, for what for some reason or other, Kate has been primed to already be thinking about Jeanette when she's in mm-hmm. captivity. Yeah, yeah. Like what what is Martin Harris telling her? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I just love that, like, again, this is like a thing you would get, like, especially in like later seasons of Lost, where it's like you just know something is at the end of the season, you're just waiting. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like the like the the it's a season where they actually get off the island. And it's <laughs> like, you know this is gonna happen. You've been waiting a whole year for this right. or just to see how it goes down. 
you know that something is called that something happened in the past called the incident and then like they just casually drop hey by the way guys the finale is called the incident and you're like oh shit it's going down yeah uh it's 95 Um, jamie here i as much as i really despise him in the earlier years i I feel like 95 jamie on rewatch is kind of growing on me um, cause like she's like, show your face. And he pulls his hoodie off. And it's him. And he just kind of has this dorky smile. Like he's really happy to see her. And like, she's clearly like, fuck this guy. Like immediately dunks him. Well, I did say I like dorks. So yeah, yeah I hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, also Kate has no problem throwing this ball and dunking this guy immediately. Oh yeah. Cause he's like, wait, wait, like he can tell he wants to talk to her and she's like, fuck you, yeah, <laughs> which, uh, right. absolutely deserve. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think, I think 95 story. Jamie is maybe beginning to uh mature as a person <laughs> yeah copious amounts maybe. of drinking will do yeah. that to you <laughs> yeah or maybe he's just drunk could be yeah. that uh after the commercial it's 94 in the turner house cindy is getting a white girl white wine drunk on the couch to basically jerry springer and yelling like boo you're too good for him uh, foreshadowing well and i think it's uh, it's funny that like this is what she's watching and i think this is maybe the root of her dissatisfaction this episode is like she's becoming somebody who would end up on jerry springer yeah right yeah. like that her life then the controversy with Jeanette is altering kind of her like she doesn't want to be that person she's not there for that no she got she got sliding doors into mm-hmm. the shittier timeline um and like greg comes in like wondering where's this movie you're gonna rent and she's like well someone spit on my car at the video store while i was in the car and then they said some shit about Jeanette that I won't repeat. So he's like, uh, since when did we start drinking before five? Again, foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, Cindy is drunk and she is fun. Like she is like, obviously been doing some reading on the life that she should have had. She's like, do you know what happens on a commercial air flight when someone dies? And he's just like, uh, what? And she's like, they move the body to an empty row. And a lot of times that row is in first class. Can you imagine? And he's just like, what? <laughs> well, at this point on the show, we have not seen Cindy in 95. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, does does she become a drunk? Does she die? <laughs> does she die, or does she become like a like a flight attendant? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Greg's gonna go rent them a movie. Um, Ninety five. Angela drives Jeanette somewhere. I'm guessing Angela doesn't know, actually know where this is, but like you know, Angela's like it's uh, or Jeanette doesn't know this. She's like it's grunge. Grunge is in. We also find out that Angela took Greg's car and didn't ask. So Are we supposed them. to be suspicious of Angela? I don't know. I mean, there's there's lines like that where it's like, does this mean anything? Or the car? Yeah, like I. Well, we find out about the. I think the tie is the scene coming up here. Okay, ninety four. Uh, so Greg shows up at the video store ninety four to rent the movie. Vince is there because maybe Vince is the only person who works at this video store. Um, and I just like like Greg's like Cindy needs a little. I don't know what, but anyways, you have the new Meg Ryan movie, <laughs> which again, I narrowed down. It's either sleeps in Seattle. Most likely I think it's French kiss. Isn't it? When a man loves a woman or IQ, it's too early for French kiss. Okay. Um, I hope it's not IQ. I hope it's not when a man loves a woman. That's depressing as hell. Uh, there's also a poster for quiz show on the wall. Just, you know, where we I are think that time. might be anachronistic. I don't know. No, really? I think it's later. That up, yeah. Well, I suppose posters come out for the movie. I never saw a quiz show, but I know it was like an award starling. I watched it. It was fine. Ray Fiennes. It was fine. Yeah. Um, Andrew comes running in then like looking for the owner of a white sedan, which is Greg's car. I mean, this is the suspicious part is like, did she like engineer her way into this guy's life? But I don't know why. Much like Mallory did. Yeah. Yeah. So she hits somebody's car in the parking lot. He's pretty chill about it. And I feel it's kind of played like, like 
he may not be consciously aware of it, but Greg is instantly smitten with her. Well, because he he like finds a way to to give her his card. It, it's as though he's like, I smell an opportunity for real estate. But at the same time, it's like how how convenient that you've just given her a way to get in contact with you. Well, and does like real estate agent get you an apartment? I don't I don't remember that being the case. But I, like, I, I like the bit where they're kind of like awkwardly like I'm Greg slightly Turner. flirty introducing themselves to each other, and then Vince is just like, and I'm Vince. <laughs> and she's like, Hi, Vince. <laughs> Vince is great. The show needs more Vince. Absolutely. Uh that's why I love the episode eight, big mm-hmm. Vince moments. Um 95, Kate and Mallory are like walking through the fair. Like Mallory loved that Kate dunked Jamie. Uh, they stop in front of the monkey maze. They see that the, the media are interviewing Renee and Tennille, who are like just uh, slamming Jeanette's hair. Yeah, and, and just like you just see how Ray, uh, Renee and Tennille, like they, they're thriving on the attention and the gossip. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's, it's like this isn't serious to them. Like it's yeah. just like, a way that they can have fun yeah mm-hmm. cut back to 94 uh kate's looking at the monkey maze you know there's renee and Tennille there Jeanette shows up with derek um mallory shows up and it's just like we can lose her through here although it's like not clear if like mallory was like previously there in this time period well so seemingly kate came herself she runs into renee and Tennille and she's like hey i need some space right now and they seem sad about that they don't get their their queen bee back and then Jeanette yeah. is like, Kate, I want to talk. Then Mallory fucking teleports in from nowhere. And yeah. it's just like, let's lose her in here. Like what? Like yeah. you seem awfully, uh, in, you know, insistent on making sure that Kate and Jeanette never just sit down and hash it out. It's seizing these opportunities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so like Jeanette's like, come on. And like Derek's like, yeah, I can't be seen chasing Kate Wallace through a fun house. And neither should you. <laughs> Voice That's of reason, fair. man. Yeah. Fair. Uh, is this the kind of thing that's the kind of reasoning that like Martin Harris needed? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the way Derek's just like, all right, your funeral. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Jeanette goes off. So, you know, Kate Mallory goes to the fun house. Uh, also, I find suspicious, especially considering how much of like she's like a fucking like like a parasite latch on. Like Mallory disappears immediately. Yeah. It's weird how as soon as they get in the fun house, Mallory like warps out of there. Um, Renee and Neil are in here too. Counterpoint, Mallory was never actually there in 94. Mallory's dead the whole time. Well, like, I have no basis for why she would be, but if Mallory is Annabelle mm-hmm. or she is tied to the basement somehow, like, like I think, I believe you posited in the previous episode that, like, perhaps maliciously, Mallory is, like, trying to get close to Kate to, like, control her memory. I mean, that's what I think is happening. Um, uh, Mallory's definitely alive though because the lawyer mentions her. So no, I, I, not that I think she's yeah. dead, but like if this, just like Martin Harris, like the specter of him appears in Kate's like like memory or her her mind here. Mm-hmm. Perhaps in '94, Mallory does too. Like she conjures her up as a defense mechanism. Yeah. Probably not, but still, like you would think that she'd be glued to Kate in this fun house. Anyway, mm-hmm. Jeanette's coming after them, uh, calling out for Kate, saying that she just wants to talk. Uh, Jeanette runs into Renee and Tennille in there. They call um, her sloppy. Damn. Yeah. Oh, that's vicious. You can't come back from that. At one point, Kate loses Mallory, runs into her own reflection, just like Jeanette does. It's kind of interesting. And eventually, um, of course, they see each other, but, you know, and they rush towards each other. Nope, it was just a mirror reflection. Yeah, it's, I mean, mirrors, man. I. <laughs> what are we ultimately getting at here? 
Oh, well, just in general, this scene, it's a little bit Lady in Shanghai. It's a mm-hmm. little bit the underwater cave scene in Last Jedi. I mean, identity issues, reflection, like, like. Well, I mean, it, it, could this be a hint of kind of the, the, the key to understanding how they could both be telling the truth? Something to do yeah. with mirrors. I mean, the two-way mirror, like just the, we held eye contact that, that blows up the two-way mirror theory, but like. It doesn't necessarily need to be fall. a two-way mirror, but just something about the mirrors being down there. And is it, is it possible that you could think you're making eye contact with someone in, when you weren't? Yeah, yeah. I mean, mirrors. Uh... Yeah, man. I don't Boy, know. I don't know. Think... Yeah, I'm trying to think of like, what was the shit about magnets with the fucking How do they whatever? Work? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, like what, like you said, that literally, like, what you think you see is reflected in the mirror may not be accurate or honest with you. Um, I mean, just here, they they lock eyes, they see each other, and yet when Jeanette rushes to Kate, she's not there. I mean, these two are basically in the beginning, and the end of uh, Us by Jordan Peele, right here. Mm-hmm. So there's also, 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 there's animal sounds throughout this place. But is the actual monkeys in the monkey maze just the human beings? That's deep. What's the message? I always want to make sure we get at the message. Anyway, um, Kate also sees Martin Harris's reflection in the mirror and panics, of course. Does he see a liar again? I believe he does. Yeah, no, he just says hi. That's right. Yeah, she's she's still lost. She can't find her way out. Mallory's gone. And then there's a reflection of Martin Harris behind her. It just says hi. Uh, I saw at one point one of our listeners tweeted something like uh, their theory was that uh, at the end, for some reason, they dig up Martin Harris's grave and it's uh, <laughs> It's empty. It's empty. That's 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 why. I mean, for somebody, <laughs> for a character who only appears in one timeline, his presence is certainly felt throughout the whole show. Mm-hmm. A lot of mileage out of his mere presence and mention. I, I mean, it, it would be fun, I guess, if the grave was empty. But like, how? You know, like how? It's do you a different ex- show. How do you explain that? Like, like the, the cops like just think he was dead. You know, like there's just so many questions about that. Yeah. What I'm what I'm somewhat picturing in my mind or what I've always been just kind of like immediately conjuring up is uh him getting shot like uh Defoe in, in Platoon. Platoon. Yeah. Yeah. Or a Wild Bunch or something. Just a lot of squibs. Lots mm-hmm. of squibs. Uh, or maybe it's like a suicide by cop, like in um the town. Yeah, I, I don't I don't watch Ben Affleck. You don't watch the town. Help yeah. It. yeah. I stay away from the fleck. Um after the commercial ninety four. Uh, Jeanette comes out of the monkey maze, but there's no Kate. Uh, so Derek sees her. I think Derek's just like talking to some dudes. He's just got I mean, like some, what is that? Like pizza or I don't know. He's just got some food. Yeah. He's, he's just got like a, like a crew. And he's mm. like, all right, crew, disband. <laughs> um, it's time. No, he goes to like tell, like tell her sister she needs to drop this. Um, he, she tells him to be a good brother. And he's like, yeah, I am being a good brother. And he's like, here's a, here's a secret you need to learn. Um, the Wallace family always wins, whether they deserve it or not. You know, he's like, He's like, as your witness, I believe you, but like, I need you to wake the fuck up to some of this stuff. So she tries to hug him because it's a generally sweet moment. And he stops saying, no public affection. <laughs> Apparently, they had a, an uncomfortable situation in a movie where the usher thought that she was his girlfriend. Yikes. Yeah, he tells her, like, you know, stop chasing Kate and Jamie. Try being geeky Jeanette again. And as he leaves, she says, I can't. Uh, not just that. Remember the geeky Jeanette that no one noticed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we go from a close well, why, to Jeanette. Why can't she? Yeah, good question. Is it well, just I mean, maybe the, she, the world has turned and, you know. The world won't let her or yeah. she just won't let herself. Yeah. Or something that we don't know about. 
some secret from 93 to 94 because she clearly knows something mm-hmm. uh, that we're just not being we're not privy to yeah even if she is telling the truth more or less there's definitely details she's keeping about things to do with kate it seems like i mean that's that's the fair play of the show is i feel like it's never it's never not apparent that there's something we don't know and the characters, you know, are mm-hmm. harboring some secret. I mean, I feel like uh, we speak from experience with like trouble. That mm-hmm. was always kind of, uh, you know, Jenny Valentine's has a secret. She is a secret. It's like, uh, it's, all, be, it's all there. If you're paying attention, trying to, try, trying to be upfront with you a little bit, yeah. folks. Um, yeah. So we go from this close up of Jeanette 94 to Kate 95, still watching the monkey maze and Mallory shows up and she's like, time to go watch clerks. And Kate's like, shut the fuck up about clerks already. She's like, Kate, I don't want to, or sorry, Mallory, I don't want to watch your dad's movie. Jesus. Take a fucking hint, man. Um, so Kate pulls out her Walkman and listens to the therapy tapes Ooh, real again. Real quick, real quick. Cruel summer two, mall rats. <laughs> Well, did he come or what? Jesus, you can't just ask a question like that. What if I go real hot take, greatest Ben Affleck role of all time? I couldn't argue. <laughs> Mallrats, I have an affection for that movie. It's That's my favorite ludicrous. Kevin Smith movie, personally. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. It's I could watch that again. Mm-hmm. I, some, I don't know. I wonder how problematic it is to watch now. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's some issues of chasing Amy, which I would have argued was his best movie for a long time, but mm-hmm. I think there's some issues there. Um, so Kate pulls out uh, her Walkman, listens to her therapy tapes again, and what she was like talking about that night of the fair in 93. So we cut to 93. Martin Harris is running some kind of booth at the fair, raising money. Uh, it's one of those those, it's like those the things where water you jet thing. water yeah. into a hole. Yeah. And I think usually... When I've seen these, it's like a balloon inflates, depending on how well you're shooting into that hole, right? I've seen the balloon. Yeah, I think there's also ones where like things move, like uh, like horses move across. Like there's yeah, there's yeah various, horses. Yeah, I haven't seen like a monkey raises up. I mean, this mm-hmm. seems. First of all, I don't know how to talk about this in a way that doesn't seem sexual out of context, but also a thing is literally rising up to the sky. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, making small talk. Uh, Jeanette gets a drop that she knows that Martin's from Widow Falls. And he's like, huh, how the fuck do you know well, that? Well, he's just like, how did you know that? I mean, it's, it's she like flexing her secret knowledge here. Like, what are you doing, Jeanette? Are you just rubbing it in his face? Or are you trying to get close to this guy? And if so, why? Yeah. I mean, we haven't talked a lot about Jeanette's relationship to Martin Harris. It's there's, definitely there's not the one. same as Kate's, yeah. but it's maybe a little bit more than is appropriate, I guess you could say, in a different oh, way. Sure. Yeah. Well, the thing to remember is that as much as it's a two-hander, mm-hmm. Jeanette is like 51% the lead. Somewhat, you know I mean? yeah. I guess you could say Kate so. is 49% the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, you know, when, when asked and pressed on it, she's like, oh, yeah, my, my dad must have mentioned it. So Jeanette and Gideon start shooting the water. and They're like dorky kids. Like They're like this cute he little... Is, like, man, this guy, just, just take it down, dude. From one oh, yeah. dork to another, dude. Just like it's too dorky. Yeah. So as they're they're wrapping up, the captain and Tanilla show up to make fun of them. Uh, Gideon wins and he does the most embarrassing touchdown is, dance I, ever. If I were Gideon's friend, I would have walked away and pretended I didn't know him. I just, Jeanette, you, you made the right call. It's the human equivalent of the blouse that Martin Harris is wearing in the previous <laughs> episode. Um, one question if that's her geek boyfriend, Jeanette's like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is anyway. And then she just like, runs away. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he's just some loser. He's playing at the same time as me. We don't even know each other. I'm out of like, here. <laughs> like I said, I relate to Dorky Jeanette way too much. I know. Um, oh, and uh, Gideon is like oblivious, like winning his uh, tickets. And Martin Harris has observed this and is kind of frowning as he watches Jeanette go. The only thing better would have been uh, when Nicholas Holt pushes Emma Stone in the ditch in the favorite. <laughs> Uh, so 95, uh, Angela's oh, taking Jeanette of to Emma her Stone, bar. Not to completely derail. Did you uh, see the news today? What's the news today? They're apparently going to make it a Cruella 2 because the movie did well. On, oh, like, I saw that a few, a few days ago. Yeah. Oh, is that? Okay. Yeah. So my question is, what I didn't realize is that, um, like Glenn Close is like a producer in that movie. Like she's, she was slightly more involved than we realized. Is that just one of those things where she's automatically like a producer because of her connection to the last movie or something? Maybe. I mean, I know that she's like the way JJ Abrams produced the last Jedi. Even though he had nothing to do with it. I don't know. Apparently she's, she's, she's been somewhat involved mm-hmm. at least at the early stages. Maybe they thought they were going to be like a, like a Godfather two type of thing. Mm-hmm. I know she's supposedly pitching a 103, Dalmatians. I as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to kill Dalmatians. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that thing on Twitter about the uh, actual plot to the uh, the book, the sequel. Starlight Barking. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's bananas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Angela's taking Jeanette to her bar in '95. Jeanette's kind of funny. She's just like, "Yeah, can I have a whiskey and coke?" And Angela's like, "Coke, no whiskey, coming up." This is Angela's bar. She's the owner. So that's why they can, you know, be in here and not get in trouble. Mm. Seems um, like a cool bar. It's a real dive bar, but, uh, you know, it seems like the kind of place I'd, I'd want to hang out. Uh, as friend of the pod, Kayla said, uh, I'd be a regular at this bar. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I don't know about karaoke. I'm not a huge karaoke fan, but I don't know. If well, you, it's if you get drunk you know, enough. It, it doesn't come out of the box until tonight. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that. She's like, it's called karaoke. I remember those glory days <laughs> when we didn't know what it was, but, um, my only concern is Angela seems cool. The two scenes that we've seen here so far in the show, the nice ambiance, but like, it's is it just Texas. too good? Is this a shit kicker bar? Cause it's Texas. Oh, you mean the bar? Okay. That's what you're talking about. Angela, like is, oh, is oh. Angela too nice, but this bar, I mean, I don't know. It's grunge, man. They still had grunge in Texas. Is it grunge? What does that mean in 1995 Texas? It's the Texas of it all. I'm it's sure people listen problem. to Nirvana in Texas. I'm, I'm sure that okay. happened. <laughs> Welcome to our all yeah. Nirvana Pearl Jam bar. You want to listen to Hunger Strike? It's on the karaoke mm-hmm. or it's on the uh, the juke. Um, yeah, Jeanette asks Angela like what she sees in Greg. And Angela's like, I see a good person going through a hard time. And Jeanette's just like, Oh, I see my dad as he used to be. And Angela's like, that, I'm afraid, is a recipe for disappointment, which is fair. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they introduce karaoke machine, and Angela says she'll go first. And then cut back to 93, the fair. Gideon is just still kind of standing around here in front of Martin at the uh, like the water uh, game or whatever this is. Waterhole. Yeah. Martin's just like, I don't think she's coming back. <laughs> And he's the Gideon's like, Jeanette's a nice girl. She probably just got sick or something. <laughs> Martin's just like, Yeah, sure. He's like, uh, he's like nice in the way that like like adults related to like education have to be. I I mm-hmm. kind of wanted him to be like, Hey kid, get lost. You're scaring away the other customers or whatever. <laughs> well, I or I want that- him to be uh Patrick Bateman and just like, hey Gideon, why are you such a fucking loser? <laughs> 
Well, I, I find cool, this cool. in the next scene with Martin, or not the next, but the next one with Jeanette and Martin, interesting because he kind of comes off like he should, like an adult authority figure. But then, like, mm-hmm. there's just like this line he crosses, and we'll get there. But yeah, it's fascinating. As soon as he sees her, mm-hmm. we hear the therapy tapes voiceover of uh, like taking us to Kate showing up at his booth, and he's like, "Step right up, Miss Walls, for a chance to win the grand prize." Um, so ninety five. Kate Mallory come upon Jamie who's just crushing some beers and he's just like he's got like some banner that we find out he's stolen he's like oh some kid bet me a six pack I wouldn't dare steal the banner and she's just like Jesus Jamie you're a sloppy piece of shit well she mentions uh, you can't turn down a dare I wonder if that will come up is there Mm. another dare possibly that Jamie can't turn down in uh, like 94 or 93 so he finally confesses to her that she was right that he kissed Jeanette at the park last summer that he lied about it he thought he was protecting her by covering it up, but she deserved the truth. I mean, really, he he was protecting himself. Uh, her voice is clearly ADR'd here, right? I didn't notice. But um, um, I like this scene. I think this is 95 Jamie rehabilitating his image at least a little bit. He's admitting that he's can. wrong. He's apologizing. Um, and I think it's it really is important to Kate to hear this, like to hear that she was right, that she isn't you know misremembering she isn't crazy or anything like that i think that's like a big confidence boost for her well and it's interesting because she's like say it again he's like oh, i was lying and she's like no like that's not the important thing that i need to hear i don't need to hear that you were lying mm-hmm. and he says you were right and so she kisses him on the cheek and says that's the nicest thing you've ever done for me now fuck off and die jamie <laughs> no yeah you're right i mean it's it's he's fallen so low i mean Jamie can literally only look up. Well, we've seen his mom. We don't know if his dad is in the picture or not. I'm mm-hmm. guessing not because it kind of like Jamie's such kind of like a clueless bro. It just kind of like it seems like he's like shaped by the the period, you know, <laughs> like like it's like he he's done no growth at all when we first meet him and it takes him a while to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just wondering if you have to fall so hard to finally like start rebuilding yourself correctly or, or mm-hmm. what have you uh 93 by the monkey maze there's martin harris's booth uh we see um kate's playing kate? the game by herself Shoot so she water. wins yeah. yeah uh she says that you know she hopes she's rehabbed her image of him from the first time they met you know the, he's like oh that wasn't my first impression of you i actually saw you at the garden party which we literally see in the show in episode two and he like talks he tells her this story about how the way she was talking to some of the moms the way she was interacting with them, she mistook her as an adult. Um, and it's like, these two are dancing around this thing that un- that would be cute under drastically different circumstances. He's, what he's basically saying without saying is that I thought you were hot when I first saw you. And then I yeah. realized you were young. And But but in the way he's he's framing it is like, I thought you were an adult. Like, I'm, I'm leaving it unsaid, but I'll allow you to use your imagination. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is this is an Ezria moment because they had this this cute little ending where it's like, well, why didn't you say hi? Well, I didn't know you then. Well, you know me now. Hi, mm-hmm. and it's like well, he's given her oh. a, a like pink bunny stuffed animal too for winning. Yeah, uh, she walks off. He sees that she left her scrunchie. He calls after her. He could give it to her then, but he doesn't because he needs a trophy. Uh, it's a totem. shot of him like closing his hand on her scrunchie. Yeah, and then thankfully, blissfully, miraculously. Uh, mercifully, Sylvia, the therapist and voiceover on the tape says, are you familiar with grooming? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it. Uh, it's are like you familiar with the concept a... of grooming or like, right, you know, uh, 
voiceover pretty much of the scene. It's like we're watching a a, a scene from a documentary that should be shown in ninth grade or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and Kate asks uh, in the therapy session, are you saying Martin friended me because he planned to kidnap me? And Sylvia says, on some level, yes. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't think necessarily means kidnapping, but like, like something improper, something highly improper, because he's not acting like an adult should. Mm-hmm. And he knows it or should. Uh, 1993 later, uh, Jeanette's walking with Vincent Mallory. Jeanette like lets them think that Gideon just got sick and left on his own. Um, they come upon Martin Harris's booth and uh, Jeanette doesn't want to be there because she doesn't want to face her own guilt because he, he saw her. Mm-hmm. I mean, he actually saw her actions, but he calls her over. He's very stern of her. You know, he wants her to think about Gilly, Gideon who's feeling rejected, humiliated, alone. Do you want to feel that way? And I think it's like for the first time you're really seeing a little bit of edge from him. Edge. And also th- this is fascinating to me because it, it, it first and when he first starts talking to her, it seems like, you know what? Jeanette probably deserves a little bit of a lecture. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's good that he's kind of letting her know that that wasn't cool. But then like the way he starts describing it, rejected, humiliated alone. Like, do you want to feel that way? It's like, Oh, we're talking about you now. Like, is this, yeah, yeah. was that like a triggering event for you? Like, like a real like incel moment. Yeah. 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 Um, like, do you want him to feel cucked? Mm-hmm. Uh, so she, she apologizes to Martin Harris. He's like, Oh, I'm not the person you need to apologize to. Then she sees the scrunchie calls it out, you know, mentions that it's K. He's like, Oh, I'll just give it back to her when school starts. And Jet wants it. She clearly, they both want it. She's like, Oh, I'll see her before then. And he just like stares at her. Like he can't think of an excuse. This is like a real, like Todd Salon's moment or something. <laughs> yeah, both yeah. of them want that scrunchie and he really doesn't want to give it to her, but it like, he kind of has to. You know? Yeah. 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 Happiness. The, the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if no excuse left, he hands it over to her. Like you see a little bit of like the, the hardened mask on his face there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jeanette walks back over to her friends that Mr. Harris, like, you know, wanted to give her, wanted her to give back Kate Wallace's scrunchie. And, and for the one moment here, I actually like Mallory. She's like, but you don't know Kate Wallace. <laughs> Jeanette's like, take a chill pill. <laughs> take a chill pill. I'm keeping her scrunchie safe. Um, yeah. I, I saw there's a lot of discourse on about the scrunchie online and like, it, I I think maybe may a little different now. Like in 1994 or 93 or whenever, like scrunchies were everywhere. Like those mm-hmm. those things were like ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I, I'm not a lady. I can't talk about scrunchies. Okay. Um, I have two sisters. I'm familiar with scrunchies. I'm I'm familiar with the concept, but like, you know, as a personal totem. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, 95 Angela's Bar. Angela knows what to play next. Indicating they've done at least one song already. Angela picks four non-blondes. What's up? LOL. Um, and this this line fascinates me because Angela's like, the walls in your house? Paper thin. So I know you know all the words of this one. No excuses. But also like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> what has Jeanette been hearing? <laughs> I I cannot imagine that the, uh, the adult time between uh, Greg and Angela's the best because <laughs> he's probably passed out by 7 p.m at the latest every night yeah so um, they're gonna sing what's up aka what's going on yeah four non-blondes that just uh, perfect 90s song uh yeah is this before linda perry became like a superstar producer to well, i'm trying to think christina uh, pink, i think pink yeah. um gwen mm-hmm. i think she eventually married uh sarah gilbert for a while i think so yeah 
Yeah, yeah. there was definitely before all that when that back when that band was a huge one hit wonder. Here's here's the nineties jam that I want in this show that I'm not gonna get. Hmm. This is gonna reveal myself to be a huge fucking nerd. Okay. I want Edie Brickell. I don't even know who that is. Uh Edie Brickell and the new Bohemians into the shallow water. I uh drawn a blank, sorry. Oh god. I uh, we should that should be something for our next episode. We should come up with like three or four ridiculous 90s songs that we want in this show i just i guess we're a little too early for Everclear. are they maybe not to like 96 uh, maybe but i mean like what are you gonna get like santa monica yeah that would be the obvious one um i mean there's there's darker more interesting like songs that first album. Yeah. well there's like the twist inside i mean and they're all about addiction so i mean mm-hmm. you could kind of map them onto the story anyway Jeanette just stares at her like she wishes she were dead. And then Angela sings a little, hands the microphone over to Jeanette. Um, and it's like when the lyrics should kick in, we just kind of hear the instrumental part of the song as we cut over to like, you know, Kate and Mallory have shovels or climbing a fence to do something. We cut back to the bar. It's like farther along in the song and Jeanette is now totally into it. Like singing the chorus of Angela. There's a little bit of that 93 Jeanette back, like that dorky, like what's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah um yeah i'm so, just i'm just bummed there's no joke about uh her doing a donna summer song uh angela that is it's just i mean if you're gonna make the the clerks reference you know twice mm-hmm. it's not even once it's twice yeah um so jeanette keeps singing with angela and like it almost seems like for the first time angela's or uh, jeanette's happy and then mm-hmm. something overcomes her like a panic attack and she kind of collapses so on the table why do you think that is uh, I kind of think uh, um, Angela reads her correctly as far as I know here. Um, when she says you deserve kindness and Jeanette says I don't want it. But also she says, you know, like you've built your, a fortress around yourself for good reason. But if you don't let like, you know, let yourself out a little bit, it's a prison. Um, you know, it's, it seems like a kind of like the body keeps the score kind of way. She's not allowing herself to feel like I feel I feel like there's like a, a self-punishing, self-loathing side to Jeanette who just mm-hmm. can't let herself sing a dumbass song in a bar with this woman. Well, so I want to throw out a, a thought that occurred to me during this that okay. could perhaps explain some of her, her anguish. Uh, we've definitely seen how obsessed Jeanette is with Kate. Yeah. Could she have been in love with Kate? Um. Here's the thing. It's definitely an obsession. And who knows what that line is. But wouldn't the the worst thing in the world be the person that you're so obsessed with hates you? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, could, could that be contributing to a lot of her, uh, her angst? I mean, because it seems like you've got you've got uh, Jeanette and Mallory coming at Kate from from two different sides. Like, like I feel like Jeanette wants to be friends of Kate. And then she wants to be Kate. Mm-hmm. Mallory wants to control Kate. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, don't know. I, I wonder. It's I a just, Mona Allison thing. I, I feel like we're we're just dying for a scene of the two of them together in '95. You know, like yeah, you want them yeah. to talk. But yeah, it's a Mona Allison thing, and it's what's get lost in that is the the way that also bled over onto like recreating Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So '93, Jeanette, and Kate. You know. Oh, we haven't get, we haven't mentioned the other thing we're cutting through here is that. Uh, in 95, um, Kate and Mallory are like walking to like a chain link fence and climbing over it with a shovel. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. We we talked about it. Yeah. Um, so Jeanette and Kate get back to the rooms and split screen. Jeanette has her pink scrunchie. Kate has her pink bunny. Uh, oh, we didn't, we didn't mention the whole scene where she like bashes the uh, thing in because it's because it's coming okay. up. All right. Yeah, because it's it's cross cutting between all this stuff. Okay, like Jeanette yeah. gets a play act like she's giving the scrunchie back to Kate. Like, oh, what's that, Kate? No problem. Yeah. Do I want to hang out? Yeah, I want to hang out. Then ninety four or is this ninety five? Ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah. Uh, this one at the cemetery. We find out that they're standing over Martin Harris's grave, uh, and Mallory talks Kate into like burying the pink bunnies i think the initial plan you know she she kind of like half buries this thing she spits on it and then she starts beating the shit out of yeah, his headstone spitting on his grave yeah and then destroying the headstone um this it's, is uh, the same pink bunny that we just saw in the kind of crosscut 93 section where kate is holding it up in the mirror smiling you know yeah it's very very buffy at the end of like the season two episode one where she's like destroying the master's mm-hmm. skeleton you know like just crushing this thing that like is a symbol for what's wronged her. Um, yeah, so 93, we see Jeanette put the scrunchie in her little box and Kate sits the bunny down. These both girls are like coveting something. And then Kate says to the mirror, you know, Mr. Harris, you look awfully young to be an assistant principal. As we hear more of Andrew and Jeanette's karaoke. Um, yeah, it's what a perfect ending here. The the way she says it, it's like it's she's flirting, you know, with pretend Martin Harris in the mirror here. The idea, you look awfully yeah. young to be an assistant principal. And it's like, in case you hadn't really gotten it so far, it's like, oh yeah, this is where it's going. It's she's certainly kidnapped, but it wasn't as though it just happened out of the blue. You know, clearly she was becoming infatuated with Martin Harris, and he's going to betray her. Also, in case you didn't get where it's going, it's really about how survivors are left thinking that they somehow caused this. Mm-hmm. You know, if I hadn't done this, would would this would they have done this to me? Like like that's why he's you know, appearing to her and saying liar. She's feeling like because she might have felt something for him or been infatuated, like she caused this in some fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I think it's so important to have the Sylvia character. And I'm shocked that they do that. actually say, you know, by the way, you are utterly blameless here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's the episode. Um, man, they, they just had some hammer endings with Kate. I think that's like at least three episodes so far where just that, that last bit with her really crushes the the whole episode. Yeah. Uh, listener follow up as far as I posted on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Kate friend of the pod, Kayla, like she has to appreciate 94 Kate runs from Jeanette, but it's reversed in 95. Um, Roof uh, tweeted something where she found a, a post from Burt Royal's Instagram where he showed like a, like a little screenshot of like the script for the season one finale at the last moment. And seemingly the last words of the script are Jeanette Turner. Mm-hmm. So Ruth's theory or, or hope is that we immediately cut to 96 and like the last line is happy birthday, Jeanette Turner. Could be interesting. A little season two stinger. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I haven't, I haven't checked to see if anyone said anything in the last like hour and a half that we've been recording. All right. Well, as you check, I can just say again, thank you to everybody who's rated or reviewed us on uh, the iTunes or, or podcast app or whatever up to 72 ratings now pretty fucking impressive uh, I think we were charting in like the top 100 for a little while there for TV and film so definitely appreciate that if you want to support the podcast you can uh, rate and review us on your podcast app choice or we don't have uh, ads or clubs or patreons or anything on this pod but we do have a book that if you really want to help us out you can go buy in a ebook or paperback form it's called my name is trouble and then the sequel trouble finds me 
They're kind of teen detective murder mysteries about a girl detective named Trouble. I think if you like the pod, if you like Cruel Summer, Pretty Little Hours, that kind of stuff, you definitely appreciate the book. It's a fun mystery. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Nope. Nope. All right. Well, we will be back next time to talk about season one, episode six, An Ocean Inside Me. Mm. Till then, have a good it's one. It's a Jeanette episode, yeah? It is, I think, yeah. Yeah, pretty sure that's a Jeanette episode. Good times. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.